Emerging writers, we're so glad to have you join us as we delve further into the different genres of writing. My name is Stephanie, and as always, I'm joined by my best friend Kayla and my sister Jordan. Hi. Hello. Each month we'll focus on a different genre of writing, and this month we're focusing on poetry. Kayla, you want to tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. Poetry is a style of writing, and in a way, it can be anything written or spoken that you want to call poetry. There's not one definitive definition. But we all kind of know it when we hear it. Uh, And it's unhelpful to say it can be anything if we're going to discuss it. (laughs) So poetry is a style of writing. And in a way, it can be anything written or spoken that you want to call poetry. But that's not really a helpful definition. Generally speaking, the accepted definition is it's writing using rhythmic and aesthetic qualities of language. Often that will be rhyme, line breaks, and other types of rhythm. I think poetry is really good for conveying emotions. That's yeah. something I really notice in a lot of poetry. It's very moving, and it really delves into people's feelings and thoughts and stuff that's going on inside of them. Yeah, I think it's really great at handling the internal perspective because normally it's shorter form, and you can also break writing convention with poetry mm-hmm. and be more evocative with the words you choose from that Uh, precision with word is actually a great thing with poetry because it is so much shorter form than a novel or even a short story and it's easier to focus on every single word you're choosing yeah a lot of times because it's so short you can really delve into like a singular emotion as opposed to writing some sort of full story you have to go through the waves and arcs you know Mm. but with poetry you can really delve into that one feeling and um, spend the whole time conveying it. Yeah, there's a lot of different types of poetry, but some of my favorites are poems that manage to be just a snapshot of that person's perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely a really good way to look into someone's head and see what they're about as a person. Personal experience and stuff is, I think, some of the most moving poetry that people write. I agree. I think as readers, uh, there's a larger audience for readers willing to read a biographical poem that handles someone's experience as opposed to an essay or a full novel. Yeah, or like a full book. Yeah. Yeah, I think poetry is really great for giving marginalized voices an outlet, and you see that really shine. Yeah, I agree. I think maybe just because it is shorter, you really just have the ability to consume more of it and put more time into it rather than you know larger books I I don't read biographies but I don't have a problem listening to like people's poetry that they do because it's so easy to consume being the I guess nerd that I am one of the things I think is cool about it is how old it is and like what a what a crazy evolution poetry has had because it goes back I don't know, I think some of the earliest stuff that they've found um, are the, like, hunting poems all the way in Africa, and then they have stuff in, like, the Egyptian pyramids <laughs> from all the way back in the 25th century. And it just sort of, like, continues to progress from there. Like, even the Iliad and the Odyssey, they were originally spoken stories, kind of poem-esque. Like, 
they were verbal tellings before they were ever written down. And that was sort of like the beginnings of poetry and it's just progressed from there in, into what we have now, you know? I feel like that's definitely true. A lot of those old stories and like even myths and stuff, they're very rhythmic, very poetic. And all those, you know, spoken word stories that were passed down from word of mouth are very poetic and it's you can see a huge progression. Yeah, poetry has evolved so much and been such a part of the human experience for so long that even focusing on Western poetry from ancient Greek to Euro the European Renaissance through the Romantic period would be more than we have time to cover by far. So for this, we're going to focus on the evolution of American poetry, and even that is going to be some broad overviews on a lot of stuff. Starting in, the European poetry forms had strict conventions, rhyme schemes, and structure. So think of Shakespeare's sonnets. American colonists followed many of those typical British poetry form and structure conventions, and uh, that's just the way it was for a while, but looser types of poem became accepted in the 19th century, and uh, American poets such as Walt Whitman and Emily Dickinson really popularized that form of poetry and are great examples here. And then this leads to the 20th century poetic modernism, rejecting traditional poetic forms and meter. Out of these leads us to further poetic freedom and movements that follow, and those play with form and verse in even more interesting ways. The Harlem Renaissance is a poetry movement from New York African Americans in the 1920s, and that's a particular example of this modernization. But other popular poetry movements include beat poetry and spoken word poetry, and uh, jumping forward into the last few decades, slam poetry has become really popular, and these cover a lot more political and social issues. With internet access becoming so common, short-form poetry has also seen a, a rise in uh, Instagram and, and uh, other social media. Social media has been a big help, I think, for giving people that platform mm -hmm. to get stuff out. Because, I mean, they have... I don't know, like open mic night type things at places where a lot of people go to share their poetry and um, what is it where you act? What is it? Slam poetry? Yeah. Where you actually out there and like speaking it. But that's a totally different sort of place and not everyone's going to be as comfortable with that. Some people just want to write it down and then express it how they can. And social media has been a really helpful place for that. If not the not always the most healthy place, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I think the ability to add it to art and stuff with social media, like add it to pictures, different mm, set yeah. moods and put your poetry to art and things like that and add it to pictures has been an interesting way to share it and get more people looking at poetry and seeing what people have to say about it. Yeah, I think with Instagram, we've seen a new appreciation of uh, really minimal short poetry with, like you said, photos or line arts, and appreciating the aesthetics of poetry more, mm -hmm. which I think is really cool, even though some people uh, really dismiss Instagram poets. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really easy for a lot of people to dismiss those types of new things that people are doing, but that doesn't mean that they're useless. There's definitely value in the new way people are doing things. Everyone hates progress, but it's the way of the world. <laughs> yep. It's interesting because um, 
replacing a poem with a picture is actually the only way I've ever written a poem before in my life. <laughs> you know, back in high school when we all thought that we were sensitive and deep and could write poetry, um, yep. and I couldn't. It's not good. <laughs> but I had drawn a picture and then wrote something with it, and uh, that's about as far as I got with the whole poetry thing. I have always been someone who keeps a journal, all starting back when I was a very dramatic preteen in middle school. <laughs> but I keep that practice with me, and poetry has always found its way into it. And uh, I, I find a lot of value in the less structured and more emotional form of writing, especially on your personal experiences. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Switching between structured storytelling and looser narratives with poetry has been a really great way to keep me inspired with writing. Yeah, I could see that because as we've all discovered with like writer's block and just the difficulties of staying inspired to work on other types of writing projects, I think poetry has a different sort of freedom to it that, you know, you're not trying to make it a certain presentable way to the masses and you're not following strict rules you're you're just expressing something and getting emotions out in a different way so I think it probably is a really good way to unblock yourself and just keep your thoughts going and your creative juices flowing I guess mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so Kayla you're kind of our poetry girl here <laughs> um you're the one who really consumes it more than either of us and I'm pretty sure you came with a at least one poem that you recommend would you mind getting us going with that? Absolutely. I have a, a poetry collection by Mary Oliver, uh, the Devotion Poem Collection. And it's a good starting place if you haven't read any of her work. Her love of nature is so impaired in her poetry. It's almost a tone of worship in some moments. And she takes literal everyday moments and turns them into breathtaking poems and musings on life. One short poem from the collection is called I Know Someone, which I'll read now. I know someone who kisses the way a flower opens, but more rapidly. Flowers are sweet. They have short, beautific lives. They offer much pleasure. There is nothing in the world that can be said against them. Sad, isn't it, that all they can kiss is the air? Yes, yes, we are the lucky ones. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I like it. I definitely see the uh, the worship of nature there and the using that as a example and comparing it to other things in life. Can I just say that I like the word beautific? I've never thought about it before. <laughs> I don't think I've ever used it in my writing before, but uh, I think that's some of the beauty in poems is you get these snippets of phrases or words that stick with you after you've read it because people so carefully craft their poetry. Yeah, because you really do in poetry have to make every single word count because your word choice is so important. Yeah, that's one of the interesting things about writing when it comes to poetry. You don't want to be especially long-winded with any of your writing unless you're trying to hit a word count for an essay, but even then it's just kind of annoying to read when you do that. <laughs> I digress. Yes. But you need to be especially particular in the words that you choose. Like you need the word that hits those two meanings that you're looking for or has that specific um, connotation. Thank you. 
mm-hmm. that has that specific connotation that you're looking for. Because just because a word has a similar meaning technically, it doesn't mean it gives off the same feeling. Mm. That's true. Yeah. And they have to do a lot of that with poetry. And it's really awesome when people do a good job with that and just pick the perfect word that evokes feeling and a mental image of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I have such a soft spot for written poetry, but spoken word poetry, slam poetry and beat poetry is so incredibly awe-inspiring to me because you have all the writing of poetry and then all of the uh, presence of stage and voice and it's a whole nother aspect to the world of poetry. You get to like see their raw emotion because the ones that I have listened to slash watched because it's always been videos that I've seen, Mm -hmm. they've all been really important deep topics like personal topics and you can just feel the emotion the raw emotion just resonating through them and it adds a whole other layer to the whole poem yeah one spoken word poet i really love and i want to mention in this episode too is desiree dalla giacomo and she recently came out with a book of poetry called sync but she also has a lot of videos up if you just youtube her And her poetry is more freeform and covers personal experiences in her life, especially with family and mental health. Uh, It's really raw, highly emotional, and touching. And uh, I have a snippet from one of her poems. It's called I Break Like a Fever. And here's the excerpt. The last time I left my heart wide open, the hurricane in me got so bad the slamming of the stupid screen door kept me up for months. I couldn't stop pouring out my insides. Though, I would definitely recommend you watch her video of the performance of the whole poem. And get her book. Get her book. (laughs) Um, We'll include a link to the video in our description, which I guess won't necessarily always be helpful depending on the formatting when you're listening to this. But it'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be there to come back to. Yeah, I've listened and watched some of her things when we were doing research for this episode. And she's a very powerful poet. And you really can feel the energy and what she's feeling coming off of her. She's very interesting to watch. She definitely like gave me chills sometimes with all the feelings she put into everything. I went to a Portland slam poetry competition where she was the featured poet and seeing her live was incredible. I can imagine. I can just imagine the energy in the room. That would be so awesome. I could never get up and do that because I'm very shy and getting up and talking and doing poetry in front of people would not be my choice of expressing myself, but it's really amazing to me to watch people that can. I definitely never would out of my own volition, but apparently I can pull it off if it's for a grade in school because when we were in high school, Um, I think it was sophomore year, we were doing poetry, a section on poetry, and we all had to pick a poem and then we had to recite it to the class. I had to hit a point in my life where I was like, I don't care what anyone thinks about me, I guess, because I'm going to do this well and I'm going to get a good grade. (laughs) Screw them and what they think. (laughs) And I did do it well and I did get a good grade. So there. I don't know what anyone else thought, though. No one said anything. In seventh grade, my English teacher, uh, I was a part of this small group in middle school that was like English and writing and sciences combined. 
taught by three teachers, and they put on a talent show just for that small group. And I performed a, like, seven-minute-long poem, and I'm just now remembering it. (laughs) Wow. And I can't believe I did that at 13 and then immediately blacked it out. (laughs) Mine was absolutely not 13 minutes. I think I did the Red Mask of Death or whatever by Edgar Allan Poe. No, it was a poem I wrote. Oh, you you wrote a 13-minute Seven-minute long. I was 13 years old. Oh, this is what I get for half listening all of a sudden. <laughs> Seven minutes is still really long. What the heck? How many pages was that? A lot. <laughs> I think it, it was around there. It was a long, ridiculously long poem. You know what, there though? It was like a narrative one. I'm now remembering that I did have to write quite a few poems in eighth grade because we did these little, like, scrapbooks of ourselves, and they were called me books. And there was, like, a list of things we had to choose from. We didn't have to do all of them, but we had to, like, pick a certain number of them to make this book. And some of the things we had to do were a certain amount of poems that we've written. And it was a lot of really dumb poems, but there wasn't, like, a word count for them. So, like, two of them, I think, were four lines, and basically they were the same thing. It was just one was for my mom and one was for my dad. They weren't good at all. And then I switched schools, and freshman year, they were like, we're going to do me books. And I was like, I just did one. You're like, no. I reused what I could. (laughs) I think I had to do those. In eighth grade, too. They were really stupid and pointless. Yeah, it was not good. I did not save it. (laughs) I blocked out a lot of my school experiences, so I don't remember. (laughs) I don't have a lot of experience with it, but I remember when my husband, Brandon, was doing a poetry class in college a few years back. He'd make me look at these poems, and some of them are very frustrating. In some ways, they try to teach it, like analyze the deeper meaning of this or explain what they were going for with the feeling of this. And I'm like, I don't know. Right. And they've made it up themselves. They're like, why was the curtain red? Because it symbolizes death. I mean, maybe. Or because it It might just be red because they looked at a red thing. Right. Or like... (laughs) Red and black are kind of dark moods. Maybe that, maybe it was nothing further than that. <laughs> I think if it's subtext and coded metaphor, it's whatever the reader takes from it. Like yeah. I have that take on death of the author that I don't care what their intention were was with why the thing was lilac and and feminine. Like it's yeah. whatever you take from it. Yeah. Maybe they did have a meaning, but if they didn't tell you what it was, you don't know it either. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He had a couple of teachers that were really like anal about the answers that the kids would give. And I was like, uh, okay, but it's subjective. So maybe you just settle down. (laughs) I think that's taking away from the purpose of poetry Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. you do stuff like that. Yeah. Because like the poetry Kayla showed me, I was like, wow, this stuff is good. I thought I didn't like it because of that class. (laughs) But then Kayla showed me cool stuff, and I was like, oh, maybe I do. (laughs) I really like the trend of spoken word poetry because there's such clear messages the poets are trying to convey, Mm -hmm. and it's less academic. Yeah, it's a lot less muddy than some of the old symbolic-type poetry. I think there's some poetry that the writers were a little bit, like, stuck up and didn't care Mm -hmm. 
if like the general audience got it as long as the elite did. Mm-hmm. And I like how in modern day there's a lot more accessibility with poetry. Yeah. Speaking about your issues rather than making up something that proves you're better than other people. Yeah. Well, I think we've about exhausted all of our experiences with poetry then. At least mine, as uh, I'm a baby. Um, (laughs) So we'll uh, pass the question off to you guys. Do you listen to poetry or have like a a favorite spoken word poet? Hit us up on Facebook at Writers Emerging or join us on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter. We look forward to seeing you guys next week as we discuss Neil Hilborn's poem, OCD. And make sure you guys give this a listen before hopping over. It's super powerful, and it gives you a really like visceral look into what OCD is like.